Hey everybody, welcome back to All-Star Superfan, the podcast that delves into the 80-plus year. Hey, Alan, sorry? Um, Wrong show. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry D and Superfan. We'll cover it all, at least we'll do what we can. And now, it's time for the show. Welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex. I am joined once again by all-star superfans own Alan Burke. How are you, sir? Guess who's back? Back <laughs> again. Uh, I did again. the podcast name right, right? You did. All-star superfan. And even I'm starting to get it right now because like I said uh, hey. recently on, on Always Hold On to Smallville, I'm always saying all-star superman and Rob is always killing me. But yeah, all-star superfan. It's great to be back in 90s Metropolis, Matt. I'm right? to be here. Yeah, it's, 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 it's starting to feel like home. <laughs> I, I'm glad. You know, like I was thinking about this too because like the fact that I'm at the end of season three here now almost um and really what kind of got the spark going for the podcast again was uh well a ryan's interest but you know that <laughs> faded um but uh b was doing the the just like random tempest episode that we did back in oh great. january you know so like i'm that's very glad. complimentary now yeah oh, i think you're giving it a bit more weight than it deserves no <laughs> it it's deserves. totally fitting that you're here at the end <laughs> Um, so, so, and we've podcasted on two other shows this year too. Yeah, this is, it's, this is turning into great. a bit of a thing. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> and, uh, um, I'm sorry that when you come to my house, you have to stay up so damn late on your end. Yeah, but it, thank you. yeah it is. It is. It is five past two in the morning over here. But, uh, like I said to you the last time, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a night owl with the job and everything. So it's, sure. it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. Who needs And to just be? to confirm to the audience, he wanted to do that. Like he said, 100%. yeah, this I'll is never not... pass. Yeah. I'll never pass down an invitation to come on uh, Lois and Clark. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Um, we're talking about a good one today, too, or at least, well, maybe I'm showing my hands too early. No, um, solid, solid episode. Cool. Good. Good. Go. We're talking Through the Glass Darkly, episode 321. Uh, first aired May 5th, 1996. Uh, directed, or excuse me, Written by Chris Rupenthal, directed by Chris Long. Uh, so it's it's the Chris's together, apparently. Chris um, Long, who seems to have directed every episode of every t- TV show for the last 20 years, as far truly. as I can see from his IMTP. He pops up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is, it's so weird that like, we're going to start, like Craig Byrne and I talked about this early pandemic days, but like this starts the new Krypton arc, you know, like this is kind of a big episode and it, it might it's be kind the, of the best beginning. of those. Yeah, it's kind of the beginning of the end, really. Once you come to the end of season three and yeah. you're getting into the new Krypton arc and then you're into season four. And that's when I sat down and I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, it's season three, episode 21. And then I was thinking, like, you're you're almost on season four now. Yeah, it's almost over. So the, 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 the end is nigh. <laughs> yes. Um, the beginning of the end, too, in quality. Like, this is, I I, I think, the most ambitious, like, run that they get throughout this show. Uh, and I think it helps that they that they've got a hiatus in between, right? Like it helps yeah. that they come back. They've had time to think about it. They've had time to put a little more money into yeah. effects yeah. and get like the live orchestra, like Jay Greska told us about forever ago. So it's it's cool. But but like story wise, I think it starts off really really strong here. 
really solid episode because yeah. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking to myself, like you said, for for Tempest, anyone is such a kind of a legendary episode that you're like, oh, you know, all the Tempest ones, bar maybe Soulmates, are so iconic, <laughs> um, especially to fans. And then the last episode I came on for Superman and 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 and. That like that has become that that's a fun episode, but it's it's become very important, kind of well, more important or more kind of surreal now with everything that's going on. So yeah. that has a bit more levity to it. Uh, this isn't one of those episodes that you kind of think to yourself, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna watch that episode. I'm gonna I, I, you know that that's a great one where Chang and Sarah turn up." But it's it's a solid episode, and it's a it's a, it's a good it's great first step into this into this arc. I think it's it's really solid. I totally agree. And you're absolutely right where it's not one like like those other two you mentioned. I will just turn on when I'm feeling yeah. a Lois and Clark mood. And But you wouldn't necessarily go to this, or at least I wouldn't, because it's just like, that's the start of the whole thing. And if I'm going to do yeah. that, I might as well watch Lord Nor and blah, blah, blah. But you're you're totally right that it's it's solid. Unf- well, I'm not going to say that because it's better than past entries. Let's Let's check in with the ratings here. Let's see how solid that is, shall we? Okay. All right, so I'm going to give you the past three episodes rating-wise, and then you can guess the ratings for this episode in this completely unfair game that I okay. fail at every time we do it on the uh, Always Hold On to the Flash show that I do with Zach on his Patreon. <laughs> exactly. um, but let's jump in here. So Forget Me Not, 18.5 million people. Now, remember, this is to the end of the wedding arc, right? Of the amnesia and all that. So... Yeah. It goes from 18.5 to 16.9 with Oedipus Rex. Okay. Small World dumping again to 15.4. And now we've got Through the Glass Darkly. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little hint that it's up from 15.4. 16. Yeah, 16.1. Excellent job. Thank you. That, that was some prices right rule. Like, <laughs> but- I... Couldn't be, be more fair, without the hint. Without the hint, I was going lower. I was going to say 14. So I know. You, well, you kind of give it away. Well, you'd be closer to next week's ratings, but we'll oh, really, get there. yeah, well, I, I, I would have thought that, yeah, I would have thought that it, that it would have gotten better after this because it was such a solid build up and, it, and there's a cliffhanger at the end. I would too, and and that would have, or at least like kind of stayed steady, you know, like yeah. the, the two wedding episodes, the two, um, or excuse me, the two. John Shea episodes are steady because I think people are like, oh, well, Flux is around again. I guess I'll check it, yeah. you know. But no, 14.8 next week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very surprised at that. I'm yeah. Very, I and can, then I can, I can understand ahead. the dip before that, but I, I, I'm very surprised because, like I said, it's a solid episode. There's a cliffhanger and it's the season finale. Yep. Um, uh, you know. There's kind of, and it's just like maybe people, it was just played out at that point for people. Like, you know, like yeah. if they weren't diehard fans, they weren't coming back and then season four is its own tragedy of ratings but but we'll yeah. get to that um meanwhile should we jump into the episode yeah I, I was just going to ask you do you think uh, do you think the dip do you think that there was a big loss of interest after the whole wedding uh, amnesia arc do you think that did damage overall i think people were pissed off after that were they i think so yeah because if you look at the early season three ratings i don't have them in front of me so yeah. this is from memory but like it was high teens low 20s like um ultra woman was the series high at like 22 or something like that yeah but generally it was you know 17 to 19 and in there with the occasional like great ratings night 
um, great for them. Again, at the time, like these numbers weren't anything. And right now, like networks would climb over each other to get that type of rating, you know? So it's just, yeah. it's, it's just all relative to the time. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I just re- I just remember feeling feeling cheated myself at the time. You know, yeah. you had this big build up. The wedding was coming, and then that arc. And I, I think the amnesia aspect of it at the end of that arc just pushed people a little bit too far. Totally. Um, I think that it just stretched out. Like the new Krypton arc is much stronger than that arc, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's 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 sad that we're 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 kind of over the the crespice of the hill now, and kind of on the on the downside. But. Like I said, I I've always thoroughly enjoyed the new Krypton arc, and this is a this is a great first entry into that into that into that story. It also feels like because we I mean like we're basing on rumor really with the wedding amnesia stuff, but it seems like they didn't quite have exactly where they were going with that all mapped out. Which uh, especially is crazy. With the, you know the network wanted more and they wanted amnesia and they wanted love whatever. Um, but here, and I don't know, you know, like I didn't want to ask. Um, to my near about this because he wasn't around for the season three, you know, planning of this, but like here, yeah. it feels like, especially with the voice of Lord Nor at the end here, like they kind of know where they're going with this. If they're yeah. going to send him to space, you should probably have an idea of how to get him back, you know? Yeah. And like you said, that hiatus bought them a lot of time as well, you know, to, yep. to, to, to figure out the payoff for the setup, um, which which the other arc didn't have. Um, but yeah, the new Krypton arc, I've always I've always been impressed by it. I, I, I remember I remember watching it at the time live um, back in 96, 97 here in Ireland and loving it. Yeah, totally. And it's just it's also interesting to look and then we'll get into the episode. But um, I think no spoilers, but I think next week's guests won't be as um as into the show as you and I. So let's talk about this now. Like, oh my God, it's is inter- Terry Hatcher? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never seen an episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's interesting to look at how much story they burned through this year too. Like this yeah. season started with, so you're Superman, let's talk about that. And yeah. we've gone through a wedding, we're engaged and now he's going to space. Like, it's just a lot has happened. They've killed Lex Luthor, you know, like, yeah, a lot has gone down. I remember being genuinely worried at the time that this was going to be the series finale, that it wasn't coming really? back for season four. While living in Ireland back in the day, there was no news on the show. There was no updates. You couldn't. There was no magazines. There was nothing really that covered Lois and Clark. So at the end of every season, I was a little bit worried that the show was coming <laughs> was not going to come back. Um, and then when they sent him to space, I legitimately worried that he wasn't going to come back and that was going to be the end of the series. <laughs> Um, so I was delighted when season four came around and then I was relaxed kind of for the end of season four and then it never came back. And so, then uh, <laughs> don't trust these networks. <laughs> no, never trust Lois and Clark in any way, apparently, is, is the moral <laughs> of the story. Um, but but let's jump into the episode, right? Like, yeah. We start in the Daily Planet lobby, which I always I always just love to see it. It's just like a part of their, you know, again, their morning routine that I, I just enjoy from the series. Um, but they're talking about let's get married soon once my mother gets over the last failed marriage. I'm like, I'd like to get married this century, Lois. It's just having fun. You know, it's fun. <laughs> and then we've got John Tenney at the counter. And he's he's kind of watching very ominously. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, he's 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 dressed all in black and you can kind of you can see him there as they're as they're talking, and then they they walk away. Um, with their coffees and he kind of looks on very ominously as they get into the elevator yes and uh, you have the feeling that the, he's up to no good 
Yes. And, and, and anyone that's listened to the, I mean, anyone listening to the show probably knows John Tenney, obviously the then husband of Terry Hatcher, who is still husband of Terry Hatcher, but doesn't come back and play Ching in season four, which just leads to nothing but questions. I, uh, we've heard rumors about how he might have been a bit jealous on set and stuff. I don't know that that can oh, be just fan nonsense and stuff. That Who knows? feels he, like garbage. He could have gotten, yeah. he, he gotten a, a higher paid job or a movie gig or something. You know, it could have been any. It could have could have been any number of things. Um, yeah, but I, but I quite liked him in the part. I did too. He's like he's a really like serious Ching, and I was yeah. thinking like, oh, the guy later on like has none of this at all. No. You know, like no. And there's there, there's there's uh, like. No spoilers for the end of the episode, but he comes across as genuinely sinister um, for the first portion of the of the episode, and then towards the end, you kind of find out his motives and his his background and stuff. And but yeah, he's I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I did too. It's also interesting to look at him, um, almost like the way they do Jimmy too. Like when they recast characters, they tend to like pump the brakes on them. Yeah, like, with their characteristics and just like just hang out in the background. People yeah. will call you Ching. We're not going to give you many close-ups. It'll be fine. You know, like it, yeah. it's maybe that was just kind of their way of easing easing that recasting in. But but we'll talk we'll talk about that in a couple months for season four. Um, uh, but I I like this stuff here with like the new Kryptonians. It's kind of a runner throughout, but we can talk about it now. Of like Ching has his coffee, like you're saying here. Um, they go upstairs to the Daily Planet and they meet Sarah slash Zara. But, um, you know, she takes uh, a donut from Clark and like smells it and is like all interested in it. You know, like this kind of like they're they're feeling themselves. Yeah. When you watch it back, knowing who they turn out to be uh, by the episode's end, you can see a little bit more of the nuance um, in their in their portrayals as they go on. You kind of say, oh, I I understand that a little bit better now. I, I, I can see why she smelled the donut the way she smelled the donut. Right. Um, and there's, there's a scene which... too i don't know if i ever written down but like she kind of like looks off and it's almost like oh she's getting she's hearing him yeah know? yeah um but yeah i i like uh, the girl i didn't take note of the actress's name who um, plays sarah but she was very good as well she's um family ties uh yes family ties yeah. this is justine bateman yeah she was in family ties with um michael j fox i wonder if she had anything to jason bateman probably not I don't know. I think I did this last time. I don't remember. Because he's tied He's tied to Michael J. Fox because Jason Bateman played Teen Wolf in Teen Wolf 2. Really? Is, so that, a, a little... like, is that a recasting of the same character? I have no idea. I've okay. never seen the second one, but that's I, I, I just know that kind of trivia-wise that, you know, you're like me. You have a lot of, you know, absolutely worthless uh, movie information just locked up in your head. For movies you've <laughs> never seen. I completely For understand. I've never seen. <laughs> But I, I, I'm a big Jason uh, Bateman fan. But um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'll have to look that up just to see if they are, um, if they are, if they are related. But she, she's great as well, and she does come back in season four. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't think I noticed on my original watch through that they recast um, uh, John Tenney's character Ching in season four. I think it was only when the DVDs came out that I copped it. When you're watching it side by side. Totally, and and now when when it's in HD, it'll just be like a neon sign of you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the HD yet. It's not over I'm here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I, know. I just so brought upset. it up, and then I realized I'm like, oh, he probably hasn't. Just but know it's out there, like from forever on when it streams. Just that it exists makes yep. me happy. Just it's, it's like coming. it's like Superman for the Fury Cut. Just that I know it's out there somewhere <laughs> makes me happy. 
Um, but we've got Sarah upstairs. We meet her. She is she's uh, a month old, basically, or a month old higher at the Daily Planet as a research assistant. Clearly is very interested in Clark. Lois picks up on it almost immediately and and realizes that, that she's got a crush, but it you know, it's, could only imagine what what is actually going on. Uh, but she kind of p- pitches this like whatever story of like what's really drive Superman that type of thing. And Clark starts in with a well, I think it's and they cut away, and I'm just like, what do you what are you gonna say here? You know, <laughs> like, I'd love to hear your take on this. What is it that you call? I remember you have, you have a, a phrase for a character who has never been in a show before, but who everybody acts like they've always been there. Is it a Jeffrey? It's um, it's Zach's phrase um, from Always Zach's Hold On phrase? to Smallville. Uh, I, rem- I remember that. I believe it's uh, I believe it's a Trevor. A Trevor, because um, I think he used it to describe Skip in the Superman Man and an episode. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, and I wrote it down here. I, I thought it was Jeffrey, so for for no reason whatsoever, I have Jeffrey written down in in in, <laughs> in my notes. But then she explains that she's only been there a month. So then I kind of crossed it out, going, "Okay, that kind of explains she hasn't always been there. You know, yeah. we're not expected to know her for the last two years or anything like that." Um, but yet, uh, yeah, I I was interested to see what what Dean Kane or what, what Clark Kent said in relation to that answer to answer that question as well. And totally. Way I was like, what? <laughs> right. What is Clark Kent's answer to this question? Um, <laughs> but meanwhile, we cut away and Ching fires his little remote behind his uh, his Daily Planet there. And the oh, by the way, in the newspaper, this is kind of important. They're watching a transmission from the astronauts up on the space station. Blah blah blah. Which kind and of reminded me of the pilot episode a little bit. A little bit, right? Like there's, yeah. there's we'll get into that in just a second, but there's like a grandioseness to this opening here that I really yeah. enjoy. Um, but Ching fires his little like it looks like a like a garage door fob. Like it's it's like a nothing little prop. Like somewhere down the street there was a garage door opening. Right, exactly. Someone across the street from the lot's uh, like, what the hell's happening? I don't know why I just pronounced it like you did as a garage when we call it a garage over here. A garage, <laughs> excuse me, yeah. God forbid there's something in the boot, too. Uh, I know I, I know my wife will listen and she's going to hit me in the shoulder going, why did you say garage? How dare you? <laughs> um, no, it's that thing. It's like w- when I spend time in London towards the end of it, it's just like, it's not like the accent, but the inflection comes out. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. I'm... in the bin? And I was like, <laughs> what? You know? Hey, I have bins. Don't start on bins. Exactly. Okay? okay, sorry about the bins. <laughs> Put them in the boot. Um, anyway, the thruster misfires, and uh, we we see this like big kind of cool futuristic space station model they have yeah. start plummeting towards Earth, and everyone in the newsroom is very upset about it for a second, and then like Perry's the first one to come around of like, all right, you get me what we have on the space station. You get it, Lois and Clark, start writing. You know, like that type of thing. Like I like that he's the first one to kind of snap out of it and be like, nope, got to do the job. This is what we do. You know. Clark rushes off to to phone his NASA friend. That's the yes. excuse of the episode. First right. super excuse of the episode. Love that. <laughs> if only we had super fans telephone number. Um, um, I, I was impressed by the modeling work. I was too. I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, I was very impressed with it. Like, uh, it's they they really try and make it look like the like the space station is is colossal. Is huge. Is gigantic. Is I don't think of it, I don't remember if it starts here in the teaser or not. But like is breaking atmosphere and starting yeah. to burn up. Yeah. And like keep in mind too, people like this is probably a digital photo, probably not a model of the Earth, but a digital photo with digital effects around a filmed actual model miniature on a green screen or blue screen or whatever. Like yeah. 
it's impressive for the time. And then we cut right back to it after like kind of, I don't know, it felt like fake peril for me in a Superman show. Like, is the yeah. space station going to die in the first five minutes? No, it'll be fine. But we cut to, you know, Dean zipping up there and we've got a live action Dean Kane against the background of this model. And then inside the model is a projection of a film set of these astronauts. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. You know, the only thing is, he couldn't have flown slower if he tried when he was in space. It's like the, the opening model. shot. It's like the opening shot of the Enterprise from Star Trek, the motion picture. It just goes on for 20 minutes of Dean just moving like inch by inch closer to the, yeah. you know, to try and build attention. They, they kind of held on it too long or they, they prolonged it a little bit too long. But I think it was just to try and emphasize how big this thing is. Yes. And get their money's worth. But you're absolutely yeah. right. Because he like he rode runners up to space, you know, yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> and then and then full stop to like gonna go by this corridor and then this go- it's yeah. just that type of thing and also i don't know not to pick apart acting here but if we're not going to do that what are we here for the astronauts inside the space station seem so uninterested in the fact that superman's there or they're gonna die you know like there's kind of the no fact acting. That they're plummeting to the earth is is not a, does not seem to be a concern that they have yep. at that moment in time look bored <laughs> as fuck but then they save it with the salute and superman's salute to them and i'm like this is that's perfect that i'm into and he looks like he he looks like he struggles. He looks like, to be fair, yeah. to um, yeah, he looks like he's struggling. Like that, this is so big. He's struggling to actually stop. And we've seen him lift massive things before. Like I said, in the pilot, the space shuttle is is shown as being enormous. Yeah. Um, and the, obviously, you know, he he blew up the um asteroid and all shook up, and the, the, or the meteorite and all shook up and stuff. So and but, stopped the asteroid or not the asteroid? Excuse me, the missile going to Buznovia, whatever in um chip off the old clark yeah and so those were the i i those were the ones i don't think we missed one like those are the biggest feats we've seen him do right yeah like he's not a weak superman he's a strong version Mm -hmm. of superman he's not kind of you know like the 1930s 1940s version of the character you know he's he's more like the 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 the, uh, just before the the crisis happened the pre-crisis superman like he's, he's very very strong um, very very powerful and he but it's not it, it's not so pre-crisis that like he can move a moon without yeah he's not blown out like, the sun this hurts anything. yeah 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 and he, hurts, he, he, emphasizes, he, he emphasizes it when he goes back when he when he lands back he says it to, to lois that for a second there you know he thought that he wasn't going to be able to do it and i've never heard him say anything like that before no it's great and he's kind of like hurting or rubbing his shoulder a little bit yeah. like it, it's it's cool i like seeing the effects of it on him yeah uh and meanwhile perry's like well you know Tell me why a sixty-five or sixty-four billion dollars space station almost became a charcoal briquette. And, and I, I liked his line of uh, "He was like a fly in the windscreen." I'm not doing the impression. I'm not. I'm not Rob O'Connor. <laughs> doing the impression. He was like he was like a fly on the windshield of a car, except this time the fly won. The fly won. I Very like that. Cute. Yeah, because Clark <laughs> comes back in, straighten his tie, like what did I miss? I heard cheering. Blah, blah, blah. Um, always, so. always fun. Um, Sarah again offering to do as much research as you need, Lois and Clark, to figure this out. And um, I like the little ribbing that Lois and Clark have that, that Lois gives Clark over uh, Sarah, obviously having a little bit of a crush on him. There's a little bit of light ribbing there, and I like that. Yeah, and, and a not in a nice, secure Lois Lane, a not threatened Lois Lane, just realizing what's going on, and they get into their you know aggressive innuendo here of 
I don't even remember what it was. It was just kind of cringeworthy, but they're cute. They're having fun, just like I, any couple would be, frankly. I remember Clark makes, as they're walking to the elevator, Clark makes a little jab that she's obviously lacking in self-confidence or something like that. That's right. Like, <laughs> Which well, we all know she's private not. lessons. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, meanwhile, at Star Labs, Dr. Klein's playing with lasers that we'll need later on. So that's that's helpful of them, you know? Yeah, that's that's always handy. I, I made a note of it there. I was like, I wonder will this laser come into play later on in this episode? And obviously it does. And naturally, here we are. Um, also, for continuity's sake, I must point out that he's hacked into an NIA satellite. NIA, I don't think we've heard from since since uh, Rob joined me for the spy or the dad who came in from the cold. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, I didn't know Dr. Klein could do that kind of thing, but obviously he can. Very, very Oracle from Batman, Birds of Prey of him, but yeah, I was very whatever. quick to I was very quick to pull apart the crime investigation techniques of Lois and Clark in the Superman episode. But, this is why uh, you're here, sir. Science wise, I don't really have the expertise. I presume that you can't do that um, <laughs> because he, he uses the spy satellites to kind of trace the, the heat molecules from the from the microwave of agitated molecules of whatever. I'm just going to accept that you can do that, but I'm sure that there's some scientist shouting at the screen going, no, you can't. No, you can't. Sure. <laughs> but it leads to two important things. First of yeah. all, uh, Kenneth Kimmon's doing Klein. Bernard Klein and then explaining yeah. the joke of Bond James Bond but I'm like do they know she's gonna be in a Bond movie yet I'm guessing that they probably do right because like that Bond movie came out in 97 right uh, right after the with, show yeah right? like it was released yeah. in 1997 so maybe uh, she hadn't obviously filmed yet because I know she was pregnant when she filmed uh, Tomorrow Never Dies Right, um, which and was originally meant to be at the called... end of the show, and that's why. I'm... Yeah, um, which was originally meant to be called "Tomorrow Never Lies." I don't know if you know that, but that's another nonsense. Oh, fact I did know that. Wait, is, there, <laughs> is there some bullshit story of like a smudge on the the facts yeah. or something? And, the and they were like, "Oh, that sounds better," even though it makes absolutely no sense to the story. But Interesting. I would imagine that she would have been cast or at the very least had been auditioning for the part at the time or like it couldn't have been I too much I agree with you because we're we're a year away from it so she must have filmed it like we're a year away from this release, summer yeah release of it yeah, so it, you're it right. couldn't have been too long after okay. this okay that's so much more logical to me like the stuff early this season was just a total mm luck right like the, yeah. the don't tug on superman's cape the fact that she gets in a db5 aston martin you know yeah. it's nuts to me um but this one okay that makes more sense to me thank I, you i, I, I was, was trying about. to figure out the timeline of it and i don't have the release date of tomorrow never tomorrow never dies but it, uh, it, you don't it, have december uh 12th 1997 stuck in your head i don't so it's I a year and it. a half so then maybe but that makes sense yeah yeah that I, makes I, total I sense know. that she'd film it over the summer and that yeah yeah okay um so well, uh, nice little dig nice little well again it's real 50 50 i think like it's it's it, it could it could be either but i i think they knew at the very least i think they knew she was up for it i i agree with you and and it's a nice little gag until he over explains it um but that's fine but we get to play one of my favorite games today alan Oh, great. Where is Metropolis? It's in Delaware. See, okay. 
maybe, but this is totally a map of New York City when we get closer to it. And then beyond that, like I couldn't tell where it was. So they're using New York, but it it's all still inconclusive. But I like Delaware. Thank you. And I don't think they've I don't think they've ever have they ever referenced New York in Lowe's and Lawson Clark. Maybe they have. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I always think that Gotham for some reason is somewhere around New Jersey. It, um, in in the comics, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere around New Jersey, and I I remember we spoke about this before. I hate when they have Metropolis and, and Gotham too close together. Yep. Um, like in the Snyderverse, where they're over the river, or in Smallville, where they're over the field. Dumb. You can see it. You can literally hit it with a um. You can literally hit it, hit it with a baseball if you hit it hard enough. I was going to say a, a, a slitter, which is a, an Irish ball, but nobody'd understand. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I always like, I always like them to be a couple of states apart. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, but like, again, in the Christopher Reeve movies, it is clearly New York, but that, I think that was just a budgetary thing where they didn't even try to hide it. So who knows? But yeah, I think Delaware is a good, you said Delaware the last time. I think that's a good shout. That's always been, been my hope, but, uh, but here it is completely, who knows? Um, I, I, I respect the fact that they use New York, but then they like zoom in in the middle of New York to like this tiny little residential neighborhood, which kind of looks like the water's back lot. So I'm like, this is they're just and doing their thing. I could imagine being very impressed at the time that he can go from like a, a GPS satellite shot of Earth down to the down to the USA, down to the state, down to the city, down to the street, down to accurate the within blown, five or six feet. That would have blown my mind at the time. <laughs> not so not so um but they have their heading basically and off they go uh to sorry Warner brothers backlot uh information here the front oh. of the house that they're at is suki's house from gilmore girls and then they go to the back of the house which is lorelei's house from gilmore girls which if anybody likes gilmore girls you'll know exactly what i'm talking about and how important this is but that <laughs> is where they go back and find this backyard with this giant satellite but for some reason, they're like, hmm, everything seems fine back here, you know? I don't know? Yeah, very, very picturesque, white suburban fence, that's white picket fence, you know, suburbia, perfect kind of leave it to beaver type of house. Yes. Nice. And Clark falls in love with the house. Yes. And they start talking of like, you know, he's obviously very into it. It's just like, it's a nice yard, nice neighborhood. And Love is like, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, but that starts this whole house thing throughout this episode um that i liked i liked very much my, my girlfriend watched this with me and she was scoffing the entire time but i'm like it's cute i thought it was cute too because it shows the differences in their personalities the, the yes. differences haven't gone away and they address it later in the episode and uh, we'll get to that part where they talk about their 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 childhoods growing up in their homes and what their homes meant to them um and this is the exact type of house that i could imagine a farm boy like clark kent moving to from smallville to metropolis picking out um and i could see why my panic lois and we'll get to it later on um when they talk about you know the kind of their memories of their homes that they grew up in with their parents and how that affected them and that um and i think you know not to get too much too far ahead of ourselves but the house that they end up um picking uh, to live in in season four, the, the brownstone house is a perfect uh, match for the two of them and, and for them as a couple. I agree. I, I've always loved that set. And uh, uh, A, the fact that it came with the secret passageway is great. But um, no, I, I always thought of that as like a nice compromise for yeah. the two of them. Um, kind of like you're saying, where it's just like it's space, it's homey, it's whatever, but it's right in the city and they don't have to kind of give up that life that they've lived together for so long, you know? Yeah, I, I I could not imagine Lois Lane living in this house in the Gilmore Girls no, house. I, I no, couldn't doesn't imagine make that. any sense. 
Um, nor could Ching, who shows up as, I didn't even get the fake name, but, you know, John Smith essentially is the um, <laughs> uh, real estate Dave, agent. Dave who, Miller. Dave Miller, nicely done. And I didn't even write that down. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, I literally just watched this episode right before we went, but whatever. Um, to impress you even more, Dave Miller from Century 22 Realty. Century 22 Realty. Uh, what was the motto? I don't remember it either. It's fine. I don't remember it. It's Something fine. about your home tomorrow today. <laughs> we'll see you in the future of your home and the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just enough, just hanging out there, just enough to do villainy stuff and give them the clues that they'll need later. Yeah. Um, they stop back at Clark's house, though, and talk about uh, their future life together for a second. Um, but also that, like, you know, the UN is in a, an uproar and no terrorist organization has claimed it. And the NIA think it's a lone gunman. And oh, my God, there's so much stuff going on right now in our lives. We should just elope. Yeah, and I like I, what I liked about this scene. The Clark goes back to find the. They tie it in. Clark goes back to find the. He's lucky fly for Jimmy for right. his fishing trip. Uh, right. Jimmy and right because earlier are going in on the episode, trip. yes, yeah. And what I like about it, I like the conversation when they sit down. And they have it, and uh, Clark is pondering what would have happened if he had never left Krypton. What 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 would his life have been like? What would their lives have been like? And they have this. Uh, I think it's the scene where they have this conversation this kind of heart-to-heart conversation about uh, Clark kind of talks about how important the permanency of a home is to him. And that's why he likes the house so much. And and Lois speaks about how her home was more of a volatile home. I think that's later, but yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's, that's the start of this. Yeah. But l- let's yeah. talk about that now where it was just like, um, yeah, she paints this horrible picture of like, mom drunk on the couch and dad outside burning steaks and telling him or ex- trying to explain why they saw him kissing the neighbor or whatever and it's yeah. just like oh yeah. god Lois, you know? and it, it it gives a perfect insight into how how different their upbringings upbringings were how different clark's upbringing was with martha and jonathan compared to what lois experienced um, and you can you can totally see then why she's having these issues with the idea of of buying a house and settling down and kind of bringing kids into the world and and, and going into that. And I, I thought that was I, I just thought that was a real nice character moment between the two between the two of them. And it was very real. I agree. It's very typical too, in a good way of Lois Lane of just like, yeah, she wants to get married and be with this guy, but like also doesn't want the rest of her life to change. Like I, I yeah. was um, I don't know your take on this, but I, I was all for. Um, that story of the Lane Kent little name tag that uh, Perry gives her in the episode yeah. before this, where it's just like, that's something where I'm like, yeah, no, absolutely. Keep your name, you know, like the, yeah, that's, that's your lowest fucking lane. Yes. And you've your worked, name. you've worked for it and right. yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. But like the rest of it was just like, your, your life's going to change a little bit. Lois. like, it'll still be the two of you, but that's what you're signing up for, you know? So it, it's kind of her, I guess, getting, you know, realizing that the roots that they would be setting down together are not this, um, this prison. Yeah. Prison suffocating thing. It'll be good for them. I love the line here though, of like, he talks about, you know, Jarell and Laura would have loved you. And she's like, do you think about them much? And I'm like screaming at the TV. No, not at all. Like we never see the, you know, like they don't never mention his life at all. <laughs> and he just answers sometimes. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah whatever um but he gets his his lore and and off they go uh meanwhile in the creepy kryptonian ship ching is working on a, a really stupid looking prop to be honest but a big spiky light up 
prop thing that we know to be the bomb later on. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just like the layout. It's just a table in this big kind of silver metallic room, kind of dark lighting, you know, yeah. ominous again. It's 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 very basic. Um, but yeah, this big flashy thing that it, it's definitely a bomb. Totally. It feels like somebody's <laughs> office that they beam down to in like next gen, you know? Yeah. Where it's like we're not gonna show you the whole planet, but you get it. Yeah, and um, he's 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 kind of he's giving out to um he's talking to Sarah and he's complaining about basically how they missed a clue, how Lois and Clark missed a clue at the house <laughs> that he had left out that was very easy for them to find, and that basically he has to spoon feed them and yes. he's not impressed by their investigative skills uh, at all. Um so we realize that they they've actually missed a clue that he had left for them at the at the at the Gilmore girls' house. Right, which ultimately he's not wrong because they find it later on. But um, more importantly, this is the first Kryptonian telepathy that we've seen on the show and obviously not really a a power from the comics. So I I ask you, sir, um, co-host of uh, All-Star Superfan Podcast, what do you feel about or what are your feelings about Kryptonians having telepathy? I don't like it. Yeah, to be I honest, know. I don't really like it in the, in the grand scheme of things. I don't really like it. It's fine in Lois and Clark um, because we have so few Kryptonians and it kind of serves a bit of a purpose, I suppose, where you don't want scenes of the meeting up all the time, maybe in that. But um, yeah, overall, it's not something that I that I um, would like to see in movies or see in the books or see translated over. And I'm glad it didn't really catch on. And I, I wonder what the conversation was about that or who came up with that idea. Um, it'd be interesting. Like it, it, it's like I said, it's perfectly fine for Lois and Clark. And, you know, they use it again in season four to a, uh, much right. more of an effect in, in, the, in the later parts of the of the new Krypton arc with Lord Noor and, you know, the rest of them when the rest of them arrive. But overall, it's it's just not something that I don't think it adds anything to anything, really. That I, I'm totally with you. I'm glad it didn't carry over to anything else. I'm glad also at the end of, this arc at the end of the Lord Norris stuff, like it never comes up again because there's never no. any other Kryptonians. Yeah. So it, everything's fine. Um, and it's also like something that I feel like could have very easily been dealt with another way, like just write her in the ship, you know, later on or whatever, uh, as they do. Like, I think they only use this once or twice yeah. throughout the episode, you know. Um, it does give us a very fun line of like, Ching's like, you're distracted. <gasps> you're attracted to how tight his clothing over is over his posterior muscles. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's a weird for anybody, for anyone that's that way inclined, there's a, there's a nice zoom in on, on Dean Cain's ass in his pants it's, it's as well. As he's that one shot. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, it, is it just for that gag? You know, like what, what is this? And also like as a Kryptonian, this power seems awful because like the minute you connect with somebody like you better be thinking like you know yeah grandma grandma baseball 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 you know like something because like they're not just speaking to each other he can he can literally tell he can literally tell what she's kind of thinking yeah, I don't think he kinda, can read like, her mind fully but he can definitely kind of get like a vibe from her of of you know if she's horny <laughs> yeah there's there's, a, there's an empathy or like an in tune element to it that i find unpleasant and unwelcome <laughs> I think I like to think that there was a letter writing campaign in by the <laughs> fans of Lois and Clark looking for a, just a close up of Dean's ass. They're like, it's been three seasons. We need a close up. And they, you know, you what? know they, they happily obliged. Time well spent then, ladies. You, you got what you wanted. <laughs> and gentlemen, excuse me. Um, meanwhile, at the Daily Planet conference room. Uh, first of all, I love this little gag that Clark is just flipping rubber bands all over the, the room. And, and they and all get them in the every bug. time. 
Yeah, perfectly. I, um, I like the mug because I was like, I have a very similar mug thanks to my friend Matruex. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had a more exact mug. I wanna I wanted to find a place that made mugs like this so badly. And I've looked, man, but can't find it. But no, I, someday. I, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy with the one I have until until that day comes. Good. But I, I was I, I was drinking. I was actually drinking a, a cup of coffee when I was watching the episode at the time in my daily planet mug, <laughs> and I was like, "There we go. That's that's uh, here we go. I have it. If if I had known when I was twelve that I have a daily planet mug when I was older, I'd be happy." I know. <laughs> the only reason I make stuff. Um, <laughs> let's let's look at this line real quick. Uh, they're trying to figure out who could be doing this, like who their lone gunman that's trying to sabotage everything is. Yeah, it can't be Lame Brain or the Prankster or Tempest because they're in prison, and Lex and Bad Brain are dead. Who the fuck is Lame Brain? Is that Bad Brain's brother? That was my only guess, but, but I don't think used, we ever named him that. But never, maybe we no, are. They never used no. They never used Lame Brain in the. But that, that 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 has to be the person that they're talking about. I guess so. But Bad also, brain and like, Lame Brain. He was the lamer of the two brothers. True. <laughs> but also now we're living in a world where, well, we, we've been living in a world where bad brain was one of their biggest problems ever. Even though we yeah. never really saw him. Um, but B, we're living in a world where they both can say the name Tempest and know exactly who they're talking about, which is yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's nice, though. I like the continuity of it. I like the fact that they're they're dipping into past episodes and stuff. Um, I like when little things like that. And there's little Easter eggs there for the fans who, who've stuck with the show. Um, and yeah, Bad Brain, he, he's definitely, uh, they play him as a bigger villain than he actually was. I mean, forever he, the strangest bit of continuity the show. He was, he was killed by Commander Riker. Right. <laughs> A quarter of the way through his episode, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, but then Klein calls and tells them a very important piece of information that the space station would have saved itself ultimately. It had some, you know, failsafe in it that the thrusters would have reengaged had Superman not showed up. Um, and then they try to ponder why, why, why would anybody do that? Was it to test? Was it to test Superman? Very, very similar to what Lex Luthor was doing in season one. Very much so. Um, but then you kind of guess, you know, because you've had this, uh, you've had this impression of Chang that he's this evil, sinister guy, and this is the first time that we get an inkling that not is not as odd as it seems. Um, if he's actually not willing to kill the astronauts and kill the people on the on the space station, right? Um, There's an escalation to him in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and and I like that. I like that. I agree. I agree. But if, I forget why. But they decide to try to call the agency and get in touch with Dave Miller, and turns out. There is no There's Dave, no Dave Miller. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have time to talk about that because Perry barges in and tells us there's a bomb at the museum by the lions outside. Blah, 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 you got to go. I just want to rewind for two seconds. There Please. is a little line in that scene where uh, Clark, I think it's Clark, looks for mugshots of people involved in real, in real estate yes. scams. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Cross-referenced with experts in microwave technology. Again, as a police officer, we do not have mugshots of people who are involved, who are experts in microwave technology. That is not a thing. <laughs> but also, like, I think he asked Jimmy, like, 
do this, like cross-reference these people. And he's like, oh yeah, those two things are connected. Sure. <laughs> and I like that. I, uh, at least Jimmy, you know, kind of put, pull, pull the plug on it this time. I was like, hey, come on. That's even, even yeah. I know that's not a thing. <laughs> like, I think your last episode you were here. So it's like, of course it's all weird. We live in Metropolis. Yeah. Like Jimmy understands what's going in the, on. In the last sometimes. episode, in the last episode, it was cross-referencing Nazis with coal mines. Right. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. There's there's some there's some crazy cross Which thankfully in the led to speedy ambulance. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, we go to the museum, which is both kind of like a cringe scene, but also I love it. Um, Superman, he gets there. Um, the museum looks a lot like the courthouse, by the way. But uh, he finds the lions, and there's a class trip, and the, the, you know he's he X-rays all the backpacks and finds the backpack with like circuitry in it, like right, it's just like crap in yeah, it because i was wondering because he 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 uh, x-rays the bags the first one has like lunch in it yeah the second one it looks like there's some kind of a bomb in it but then when he opens it up there's no bomb in it there's a note in it but he doesn't they don't really show what all the bomb looking things were that he's right saw. it's all this crap he has to assemble really quickly like the notes like you know assemble this and play this micro cd which is Everybody way cooler than a real CD. Because it's and it'll smaller. Give you the next clue. Yeah, get it? That's the future. Microsoft. Another thing, another thing that I think is a really bad idea is X-raying bombs. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, officer. Um, yeah, I was like, that's that's not ideal. That's that's you know, again, I'm not like a radiographer or anything, but I'm 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 fairly confident that that's that's not something that you should do. Doesn't seem great. It didn't work out, and uh, world is not enough. Um, I'm sorry, by the way, I just called you officer. I don't know what your title is. Oh, it, it would be it would be very hard to explain. It's 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 very simple. My title is Garda, G A R D A. And the reason that it's it's Garda, so the, the um, an officer is is the the singular is Garda, mm-hmm. and the plural is Gardi, and the reason that that is so if you're ringing the police here, you'd say someone called the Gardi, right? It's very oh strange. okay. I would because so it, it's just it's funny Irish. how regional it is. Yeah, yeah, it's Irish, and the reason is is that our police service is called. We have one police service. It's a national police service, and it covers the entire country. We don't have multiple police services here and it's the, the the title of the police service is the guardians of the peace is the name of our police service okay and that gets shortened to Guardi. yeah um it, it's on garda shiakona in irish which is what our official name is is on garda shiakona oh, so it's, okay. it's garda and then gardi but yeah that's 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 okay because i was just about to ask like is it like cop is it like slang but no it's 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 official yeah, it's just it's just Garda. It's a Garda, and then if you get promoted, then if you're sergeant, it's it's sergeant, and then it's detective Garda, and it's it it goes on and okay. on. But yeah, okay, basically, cool. basically, we we do it in Irish. Okay, is it is it the is um, Garda equivalent of officer? Yeah, okay, that's exactly cool. what it is. Yeah, well, if you were to translate it like completely straight over, it would just be guardian. Cool, that's it. That that's what it would be. Superhero. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Um, okay, cool. I I, just, I immediately said officer. And I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't disrespect him for a second. Not at all. Just stop. cool. And, yeah, you, you worry. That was very. That sounded very Irish. I was like, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I, I'll, I, I said, won't do I, it again. I'm so I sorry. sound like Patrick Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thought. I'm like the episode or two before you. We did that. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, don't talk to me. The biggest villain of the entire Lewis and Clark series is Patrick Sullivan. Ask, ask, <laughs> ask, ask, ask Rob. We have, we have a big issue. We have I a mean, big look issue what he did to the Druid gods. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. 
Um, anyway, all right, back back to it here. Um, so Superman is like quick trying to assemble this little CD player, essentially this yeah. micro CD player, while these kids are there doing times tables, and I'm like, this is dumb. And then Sarah is there for no reason to well, like you mislead there. him. I guess she just she just runs out of the museum for no apparent reason. But right. what I really like about it or wondered about it, she just seems to know Superman. She's like, what's going on, Superman? And he's like, oh, Sarah, you know. And I was like, oh, they shouldn't whoops. know each other. That's a whoopsie-daisy. That's yeah, a whoopsie they, Clark's they shouldn't know each other. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering how that came about. And then I was like, why aren't any, why isn't this teacher getting these kids away from this bomb? A, oh my God, wonderful question. B, um, Sarah was just offering to do information for them. How the hell did she get across town? Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Super speed. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of holes with Sarah being here. But anyway, um, Clark does Clark, excuse me, almost gave away the game there. Superman (laughs) um, gets the micro CD player going just in time for to play Ching's CD where he basically becomes the Riddler for a second. This is the most this is the strangest yeah. riddle I've ever seen. I, I didn't I didn't write down the riddle. Did you write down the riddle? I've got it for you. Let me let me because lay it on I here. want to know is this actually solvable or is it just like right. Batman 66 craziness? Yeah, let's go through this here. Twice the square root of Holst is where you start. Cary Grant knew the direction. Patrick Henry Patrick Henry's just hanging out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's no way he's not. He's just, you know, comma so, Patrick Henry. Yeah. So let's break this down. Twice the square root of Holst is where you start. Um, so he starts with the poem, isn't it? Yeah. Holst uh, was the composer of the Planets Symphony, yes. which is what a lot of like Star Wars, John Williams music is based on and that type of thing. Okay. And there are nine planets. Not uh, the square root of. we'll count new krypton there are nine planets and twice the square root of nine is six um which is saturn is the sixth planet rings rings around saturn like the daily planet logo that's where you start that's a long walk right there that's that's a that's a real stretch holy hell Cary grant knew the direction north by northwest yeah, so he he flies to the Daily Planet and he walks in the direction of North by Northwest. Yeah, he like it? stands under the globe. Jimmy's there too, not helping at. I love like Jimmy. Did Cary Grant like star in any movies that are uh, other movies with direction? He's like, I'm more of a Jim Carrey guy. <laughs> <laughs> very current, very nineties, yes, very much. Um, but the, he walks northwest, and Patrick Henry. I guess said, give me liberty or give me death, right? Yeah. And they're kind of saying quotes and give me liberty, give me death. And then he looks down and he sees the manhole cover that has the word liberty on it. And he checks under there and lo and behold, there's a bomb. So we get to play my, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I I was just, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I I would have solved that riddle. (laughs) No, but you might've, if you were Superman, if you just used your damn powers, Clark. (laughs) Just get there and start x-raying everything you can see. I know, again, we talked about that maybe being not great, yeah, but I just, we're look, in Lois again, and Clark rules here. It's I'm, not, I'm not Superman. I don't know, but I would just guess that x-raying, you know, thermal nuclear devices or whatever they are is not a good <laughs> idea. But then he, he throws the bomb into the sky and we definitely get a real shot of the explosion. Yes. Yeah. But I couldn't place the episode. Is it the I one where Plane is in the 
chair bomb? The chair. It, it's the same thing. Is the Daily Planet in that shot? Because if not, I'll have to look. Yeah. If the Daily Planet's in that shot, it's a new shot. I don't the think explosion the explosion might be the same. I, I think it's just the sky and the explosion in the sky. I don't think the Daily Planet's in okay, the shot. Okay, then I would think that it's from Phoenix. Yeah, when Lane's in the chair and he, he throws him out. But, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but like, nobody else cares about that. It's who cares? <laughs> interesting nobody finds that interesting only you and me (laughs) (laughs) anyone that's listened to three seasons of this podcast is here with us it's fine um but it is it also shows that like ching is escalating here yeah yeah you know like that's a real bomb that would have gone off and killed people at the daily planet had he not stopped it and then superman oh um it's is it ching or chang ching it's ching Ching. I keep saying Chang, all of it. All of it's crazy. I, I was sitting next to my girlfriend who's of Chinese descent, and she's just like, "I'm sorry, what?" And like, I know there's no, yeah. there's no explanation for it. Uh, I just wrote in it: "Is this racist?" I don't know on my notes because I didn't know it's if it not was great. Or not. Is the answer? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. It doesn't um, intend to be, but it's not great. These are the people who brought us Patrick O'Sullivan, though. <laughs> True. So you never know what they'll. <laughs> Everything comes back to Patrick, <laughs> but like. Just name him something Kryptonian e. Zara Zara's not bad. You know, like that's fine. Sarah, Zara, yeah. Zara, yeah. you know? They're something L, something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um well, maybe not. Open L a cut Friday book. You know, like <laughs> open a comic. Anyway. So Superman sees uh Dave Miller, aka Ching Ching Ching. Ching. Yeah, Ching. Ching in the alleyway across the street, and he super speeds over, and Ching is gone. And then they have this weird edit where they cut to like a commercial break, and then they come back, I think, and they have this other little mini scene where there's like another two lines of dialogue between Jimmy and Superman, and then moves on to another. I don't know why that wasn't just included before the commercial break. It's, I don't it's know why strange. either. It's it's an odd act out. There there was another odd act out in this this episode too that I'm not recalling. But yeah, the pacing is a little bit, a little bit off. Yeah, and I, yeah, I just thought that was a bit strange. And obviously, we know that Ching has zoomed off, but Clark can't figure out where he's gone. Right. You know, as we're saying the name Ching way too much, I'm thinking, is it like, are they trying to do like a Ming the Merciless thing from Flash Gordon? I don't know. I, like, I, I, it's, I, I just found it very strange, and I, I, I just couldn't understand why they went with that, with that name for him when yeah. they could literally have named him anything. And uh, now, I, I can understand maybe why they didn't want to go with a. At what point do we find out that his name is Ching? Is it very early on when he's talking to Sarah? To Probably Zara? in this next scene. I don't know, maybe maybe earlier on, but because at least I, by this next scene where they're eating Krypton food, you know? Well, I could imagine that maybe they didn't want us to know at that point that he was, like, if they gave him a real, like, Toral or some kind of a name, sure. we might have guessed he was Kryptonian, uh, but Ching is a strange is a strange way to go, I thought. That's a good point. I mean, all the, the fake Kryptonians on the show are have weird, like, Nor is kind of odd, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. I, I don't know, but it just, it, it, you're right that it doesn't make sense. Um, neither does the Kryptonian fork, which I don't know if you caught this prop, but it's got like extra adornments and stuff. No, on it. I it's didn't. just like, it's just like a busy fork. It's really funny when they're eating here. Um, but Ching is kind of berating Zara of like, 
you're you're wearing your ear adornments and and your synthetic fabrics and you had a donut you know like <laughs> he comes across very abusive husbandy in, very in abusive yeah very very abusive like because we learn later on he's like her guardian basically right yeah, and there's that little moment where she kind of stands up. He kind of he kind of uh, brushes his hand off her hair or off her cheek, and she stands up and kind of very assertively she says to him, "You forget yourself." Yes, and that's the first kind of inclination we get that the power dynamic is actually not the way we think it is in this situation. That it's actually um, Zara um, who has the the um, not the upper hand, but has 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 the more levitas in the in the situation has has totally. the higher power. She's she's of the royal house of Krypton or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting. Also, it's so weird to me here where like he's he's given her shit for for integrating too much into Earth stuff, yeah. right? Like for for wearing earrings and clothes and whatever. But at the same time, it's him that's making like kind of like pop culture jokes throughout the one that's sticking in my head right now is just like as another you know muscle bound guy said once hasta la vista oh, baby and i'm baby. like so you're mad at her for the donut but you've watched terminator 2 and even she points out that he's drinking cappuccinos right but i did enjoy it <laughs> maybe he maybe, maybe he didn't enjoy terminator 2 <laughs> he was the one guy he's the one guy because it's a great film <laughs> it's just like why did he need sunglasses like did you watch the rest of the movie dude yeah uh-huh. I, I i do like i do like him though and i like i like i like their whole relationship you know when you don't know that they're kryptonians because you don't really find out until kind of halfway through or three quarters of the way through the episode i do like him like there is this kind of thing of who is this guy what's going on here and I, I just think they did well. I, you know, I presume they cast him because he was Terry's husband at the time. But, you know, I, I really thought his performance. I really liked him in it. But he's good. Yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I totally um, agree with you. Uh, especially he's fun, too. He doesn't get to, like, scene chewy, but he's good when he becomes a villain. When he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're an idiot. You know, basically yeah. later on, that's not a line, but essentially. Um, but we go back to the, uh, you know, once they're done fighting about Krypton- Kryptonian food, we go back to the house where Lois and Clark are again looking for Dave and looking for clues. And um, I have a note is... here that says, maybe try searching inside the house. <laughs> Instead of just walking around the outside Instead of it. Instead of just this backyard again. <laughs> um, I didn't I was... think that, but he like x-rays the, the dish that's made of mesh anyway he's like no this is fine i'm like yeah no shit dude i'm just thinking like that house could be full of dead bodies it could be full of <laughs> you know bags of cocaine or you know whatever there's literally whatever. a demon in the basement but no yeah. you're looking but no there's nothing there's right. nothing in the yard let's go nope, so let's sit here and talk about this quarter and not pick it up for a while well, I, I i know when i search a house i like to walk around the garden and then go home yeah no i think we're good <laughs> twice um <laughs> But yeah, they get into this kind of uh, conversation, don't they, um, about what's going on and Lois finds a quarter or is it a quarter? Yes. Yeah, they, they sit and they're talking about like buying the house and it's a colossal decision. And why would you assume I wanted a house? And oh, look, a quarter, I guess we'll just use that as the down payment. But then turns out you're right, not a quarter, a microtransmitter, which yeah, also so- gives a Ching holograph head for no reason yeah so it was never the decoy the satellite was just a decoy it was always because uh, dr klein said you know, like the accuracy is up to six feet so it was it was this little this little coin right. transmitter all the time and like you said then we get the hologram of ching's head right which once again 
A, Ching was absolutely right. They totally missed this last time. And B, use your damn powers, Clark. Yeah. And Look around. What would have happened if they had found it the first time and this is Ching was question. in the house? And then Clark immediately x-rayed inside and is just like, oh shit. Oh, there inside. he is. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to sell this up real quick. Um, I guess Ching would have been happy and been like, ah, you found me. But I feel like this guy would have... No, I don't just he wouldn't. Have. He probably would have just disappeared. If he might have gotten a it. much cooler episode where we got a super fight there too. Yeah, yeah. We have to Who wait knows? to season. We have to wait to season four for that. Um, I have a note here which you won't understand. I'm so sorry, but like I forget watching HBO now for three months how good the show looks in HD until they go to an FX shot that didn't yeah. res properly. Yeah, and it's just like it just you know it. I, I likened it before to like, you know, when you watch old cartoons and like Scooby's looking for the ghost and the one rock looks different from the other rocks. And you're just like, yeah. it's there. Um, it's that type of thing where it's just like they, they just haven't upresed it. It didn't upres properly, but it just pointed out to me like how, how damn good this upresing is for the show. Like, I really I'm so sorry. I'm not I don't mean to bury your face in it, but I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it too. But I have to say, watching even just watching on the DVD, like it, it, I was impressed with it. It looked, it looked, it looked good. You know, yeah. For again, for a '90s TV show, and um, whatever kind of CGI work they use or whatever they did. Um, oh, the actual effect! Oh, absolutely, yeah. looks great. Um, so Ching turns around and he basically tells him. It's, he doesn't really tell him anything. It's it's kind of like there's more to come. Basically, it's yeah. it's yeah yeah it's very ominous. Get ready. Uh, meanwhile, he's, you know, Perry and Jimmy are off on their fishing trip and, uh, Dave Miller approaches them, uh, and we leave that, but, um, they bring the microtransmitter back to Dr. Klein and he goes like subatomic level on it. And it's just like, there's circuitry down here to the molecule. And also the name of Ching limited, Ching limited, <laughs> whatever, which leads to a house, <laughs> which uh, Lois calls the daily planet to ask for someone that's not Sarah. And yeah. kids that brought down to our Roberta. House. Roberta, nicely done. Thank you. Um, but it leads them to this house where Ching is there and uh, has two monitors up for bombs A and B. Now, I was just thinking, if only there was some kind of a device that would shoot one laser in two separate directions. If only we had set that up in Act One, Alan, but I don't think. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Um, I thought Terry did a good job here of of um, acting like the, like every like they were really in peril, like Jimmy and and um, and Perry were really in peril, and that it was really unfair what Ching was asking uh, Clark to do was basically choose between the people of Metropolis um, and and two people that he he really cares about. But Alan, people make choices all the time: low fat or dairy, Calvin Klein or Versace, life or death. <laughs> I use that line uh, all the time. <laughs> no, but I, I like that as well, that she is immediately like, like, fuck you for making him do this. Yeah, you this know, is, like, this you is, know this is really doing. shitty. Yeah, yeah, this is. And and we forgot to say as well that this is, we, this, we find out here that Ching, it's revealed to them that Ching knows that Clark is Superman. And well. that Sarah's, like Sarah walks out too, and they're just like, oh, what the hell? You know, like, how yeah. dare you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, like, Lois doesn't really mean to, but gives Clark the idea of like, well, how, you're asking him to be two places. At, like no one can be two places at once. At once. And he's instantly like, oh, got it. And Gone. he goes off and he gets the gets the laser from Dr. Klein, leaves the note behind. They're like, sorry, I had to borrow this. Love Superman. Yeah. I think nice. that's really cute. 
It's very, um, it's very, it's very our this show Superman. I really like that. Yes. Um, also very the show, how easy it is to use this laser and line it all up properly and whatever. Um, yeah. But he, of course, flies up into space and lasers the bombs at the exact same time, kills the one in the apartment, kills the one with Perry and Jimmy. Um, also loves that he takes the time to go to Perry and Jimmy and untie them for a second. Yeah. You know, make sure that they're okay. And Jimmy's like, maybe we should cancel this fishing trip. And Perry was like, to hell with that. There's fish no out there. <laughs> this happens to us all the time. We're fine. I want to know what you think about the, the next little part. Um, because when I saw this, I, I, I wanted to know if, if, it, if it clicked with you. Ching gets annoyed with Lois, basically. And he flings her against the wall. And she hits her head. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to get amnesia again. <laughs> I didn't or think that. I was like, if she stands up and starts speaking like Wanda Detroit, I am I'm turning. Oh my this god, off. Could you, who are you, sugar? <laughs> could you imagine? That'd be amazing. All the fans would be like the 14.8 oh, million hell. fans would be like, no. Yep, all off. done. <laughs> um, that's so funny. This is no, this is where we get the Oslo Visa line too. I was just thinking, like, what a weird role for your husband to get. We're like you know, obviously you're coming on to Lois and Clark, not like he's mm-hmm. going to be a bow for an episode at, yeah. at this point in the series, but like he's the abuser that like flings you against the wall. Like this is, I don't know that this is fun for a husband and wife. I wouldn't want to act this out with my wife, you know? Yeah. And I was going to say, maybe that's why he didn't want to come back, but then that, that's kind of done away with by the end it's of this over episode. By then. Yeah. Yeah. I so I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I anyway, never thought of it. I never, no thought, I never thought of, of it like questions. that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, so we just need to find we need to find someone on the inside who's going to tell us exactly what happened <laughs> One in this day. whole situation, even though it's none of our business. No, but I just need someone that'll truthfully spill every bean that they have. Um, but we go back, uh, Superman finds Lois there. Uh, and this is like she's not one to Detroit, but she has this strange line about like a weird dream I have where I'm barbecuing and turning into an oak and saying, I'm not an oak, I am free. And I'm just like, oh. It's Even a, in life or death, Lois is having real, you know, roots issues here. And to be fair, it, the dream sounded terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it sounds like nothing you'd want. You know, like no, if, if that happens to you after you eat a mushroom, like you're gonna have a rough night. You know, but it's not good. So then we go back to oh they have they have a little cuddle, a little he kind of holds her and he tells her everything's gonna be okay and Everything you know and cool. I like that. And then we go to Ching's lair again, and we find out that he's basically, again, in a very kind of, they're not explaining what's going on, but he he kind of states that we find out that they're testing Superman's worthiness. Yes. And you have to wonder, worthiness for what? Um, because it still hasn't been, it still hasn't been explained to the audience yet. But and there's a lot of like, you know, what's at stake, you know? Yeah, we're kind of finding out that you know it's 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 the, whatever's going on. It's 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 a big deal. It's it's not a small it's not a small thing. It's a big deal, and um, yeah, it's it's not that they're testing him for in the way that Lex tested him in season one. It, it's more to find out if he's capable of doing something that they need him to do. Yeah, if he's worthy, and like Ching has completely dismissed him. Like no doubt he'd put that ridiculous suit on backwards without her. Like she gave him the thing, and like he could rule the world, but he refuses. Why? Yeah, this kaleidoscope yeah. of virtues. This Superman. I love. I like. Sorry, I wrote down all his lines for the scene, but I liked it. Do you get the impression in this episode because they don't really get into it until further on that Ching likes Zara, or totally. yeah, it's kind of inferred very, very subtly in this episode. And very subtly to the point where, like, 
it could be that he's abducted her in yeah. certain ways in this episode. Um, but that that was the forget yourself line to me too. I forget what scene that's in, but like he's going too far. And like, not only in the brushing the hair thing of like, we've talked about that, you know, like we, yeah. we know not to do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting. And then we, is this the part where we guess um, where Ching contacts Clark yes. with telepathy? Yes. Um, um, so this is the first time that Clark has uses his telepathic powers, basically. Yes, because we, we go of. back and he's trying to fix the thing and find a clue for the thing. And this is where we get that Lois, the talk about home and like, you know, ah. home was safety and permanence for Clark. Home was drunks and adultery for Lois. Um, but the, the, the idea of like him going out there and saving the day and coming back to, to a home where maybe she's out there saving the day too. But mm-hmm. like that, that's what he wants, you know. He he, he kind of needs that, and and also like does the whole thing of like I want you. I don't really care where we live. We could live in a yurt, but I as long as I'm with you, it'll be a real home. And like, like what's, a, what's a yurt, Clark? It's a so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that felt very real to me, where he starts explaining the thing, and she just keeps talking. I'm like, I I actually don't care. Um, I like uh, I like the shirt rip here. I like that Lewis does the shirt rips. Excellent. Yeah, this is after the telepathy, he rips the shirt because um, he's like, "Yes, it's me," and "Yes, I'm at your home." So why don't you come visit? And this is where the episode kind of falls off the rails for me a little bit. I don't know. Okay. Um, Ching is there. He and Sarah are in quote unquote Kryptonian gear, and he puts the Kryptonite force field around himself. And he's like, I'm going to kill myself unless you stop me. Yeah. And he like materializes, you know, a gun in his hand and he's going to do it. And I'm sitting there, you know, my jaded self, my girlfriend sitting there next to me. of just like, who gives a shit? Kill yourself. You know, like you seem like an asshole. Yeah, but that's why you're not Superman, Matt. I guess Matt, so. Matt doesn't let, or Super, I was going to say Matt doesn't let anybody die. Superman doesn't let anybody die. He cares about that would everybody. have let Ching die here. Every like, every uh, I've, uh, Alan would have let Ching die. To be fair, Alan would have just turned around and walked out the door and let Ching die. Thank you, Guardian. Yeah, and he 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 explains that the force field is lethal. That if Superman jumps in to save him, he will die. And there's a line earlier on it which I found interesting. The, the first test was to test his strength. The second test was to test his intelligence. His intelligence. And, and the third one with Perry and. Um, Oh no, that yeah, that's sorry, that's the intelligence one, and this one I think is to test his integrity or his heart. His heart. One of them's his heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess so, maybe was that was the Perry one too. I don't know. Yeah. Well, basically, they're testing all facets of his humanity, basically, or his right. his, his his personality. Yes. Um, but he they explain that if he jumps through the force field, he dies. And my question is, why doesn't the force field kill Ching? He's Kryptonian. It's all, it's all, I have quite, I guess the, the force field theoretically weakens both of them being around, but neither of them too is the like uh, uh, wobbly, like, yeah, like King is, is, yeah. And when, when, when Superman does spoiler alert, he jumps through the, the, the force field when he jumps through, he's still kind of, re- now maybe it's just because maybe he's protected in, it's just literally the passing through of the force field that hurts him. Seemingly, maybe. but then at the end, he's kind of hurt too. And yeah. Sarah has to help him up, but then they fly away horribly. Um, 
Yeah, I was going. I didn't want to mention that in a minute. Oh my god, it's terrible. Like their wire. It, it, honestly, it's one of those moments where I'm like, "All right, I guess I guess Dean practiced because he, he looks much better on the wires than these two do." Um, but yeah, I I don't know. There's again, that's a part of this episode too, where it just kind of falls apart for me. Where I'm just like, "Yeah, this kryptonite thing." I can accept like when you cross the laser field, mm-hmm. it hurts you. But then why is Ching hurt at the end unless he falls through it? On the he other don't, side? No, it to matter. be fair, he, he does. When he falls, oh, okay. I, I, I remember I Dean it. does. Yeah, when he when I rewound it to see, and when he falls, he does go through the far okay. side of the of the of the, the so that it, it maybe it makes sense that way. Okay, so the it's gonna kill you is a bluff, but it's still kryptonite and it's gonna hurt when we make contact with it. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't think I don't think Ching has any, any interest in actually killing anybody other than himself. Like, I wonder would Ching actually have killed himself? He seems pretty dedicated, to be fair. Yeah. So maybe I, he does, but I also like at that point he sees that Clark is is game to play this. Like, yeah. And, if, and, if 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 Superman would have gone like, yeah, never mind, kill yourself. Like, there's your lesson, right? Like, you've you've won. And Sarah, team, right? Sarah, Sarah's not behind this plan at all. She she doesn't realize that Ching is, is planning to shoot himself no. in the head um, no. and, and force the Superman to jump through the, the kryptonite force field. Um, and Ching and she, instantly she oh, protests. Sorry. And I'm she sorry. protests there. She she has an issue with the he's gone too far at this time. Yep, absolutely. And Ching noticed that knows that too at the end. Like, you know, after Superman says him, he's like, oh, what have I done? He is the one. And then yeah. they wobble away in the sky. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know that that whole thing. Maybe I'm just not Superman enough, but I'm like, what? Do, what do you care with this guy? Yeah. Except the fact that he's Superman. I, I'm talking myself into it again. So while Lois is cradling Clark, like you said, we see that Ching and um, Sarah, Sarah, Zara, fly Zara. Up. Zara. Sarah is the Earth name, is the Dave Miller name, and Zara is the Kryptonian <laughs> name. Um, so they fly off, and like you said, it's really awkward. It's a, it's a. It almost was it actual wire work. It kind of looked like totally. that. It kind of looked like that. Um, you know that episode of The Simpsons where they have that dog and he dies at the end. That the, the uh, Pookie and he they just kind of like and then Pookie died at the end and the, the dog just is lifted up off the screen. It's really <laughs> <Yeah>. awkwardly. <laughs> that's funny. Um, and that's it, it's 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 very bad. And that's the one thing like from doing the episodes with Robin, All Star Superfan, is we've reviewed a lot of the Superboy episodes. And mm-hmm. um, I know you were on recently. We we haven't heard that one yet, but um, where we reviewed one of the episodes, and it's you know by and large it's a terrible show. Some some good episodes, but by and large it's a terrible show. And Rob's um, not here, so we can say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rob, I think Rob would agree. I yeah. Um, but the one thing that they really nailed is the wire work in that show. The wire work in that Superboy show is really, really good. And it's much, much stronger than what they what they did in Lois and Clark. And I just wish because the Superboy show used the same team of people that Christopher right. Reed used and that the Supergirl movie used. And I just wish they brought those same people over here for that, for, for totally. the wire work in Lois and Clark. It would have been so much better. Get them out of Florida. They'll love L.A. You know, bring yeah. them over here. <laughs> Uh, no, I learned that fact from guest of your podcast, Oliver Harper, um, oh, yeah. which everybody, if you've seen Oliver Harper's YouTube channel, please check out uh, the all-star super fan episode with his interview or vice versa. I, I loved kind of seeing him in an, in an interview, seeing, hearing him in an interview mode on your show. 
it was uh, it was that was very surreal actually interviewing Oliver because I've been watching his videos. I think I I honestly think that Oliver's videos are one of the first YouTube video channels that I followed. Back That's in the so day. cool. And then sitting in your kitchen talking to Oliver Harper. Yeah, and, you know it's like hey chaps, and I'm like ooh, it's ah, cool. <laughs> No, um, I totally yeah, he's understand. So, he's such a huge fan of the Superman movies and you know that whole uh, of the character himself, um, and he's so knowledgeable and everything. Like like you said, he was a, he was a great guest to get on. Yeah. So quick Oliver Harper plug. If anybody's listening to this, you probably enjoy his stuff. So look him up on YouTube. It's not just Superman. It's it's kind of all. 80s 90s uh blockbuster film and that's and he's doing documentaries now and everything he's doing documentaries yeah, yeah he's, awesome. he's 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 doing great stuff um, uh but anyway back to lois and clark's um yeah so lois they fly kinda, away yeah yes the the kryptonians fly away and lois is kind of treating uh clark here and i like this line of like kryptonite is a humbling experience i'm like i'm sure it is for you i like honestly. that Yes, I liked that um, because it reminds us that, you know, th- he's a guy who didn't grow up uh, feeling pain. He didn't feel pain for the first time until uh, the green, green glow of home. Until, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he, he maybe even now he forgets how bad it is until it happens again. It's like me with hangovers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do another sake bomb. This should be fine. It, it's always uh, worse than you remember it being. Yeah, exactly. Um, but here they kind of lay it out of like, He's the one. He's the one. What? How could they fly? Clark knows nothing about anything. And Lois is like, this is this is going to sound crazy. But is there a possibility they aren't from Earth? Yes, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was I was like, oh, Lois is smarter than that. (laughs) Yeah, that's one thing where they pull the taffy on because they they immediately deal with it in the next episode that these are kryptonians but it's just yeah like, yeah i think we can we can make the leap that they're kryptonian at this you point. saw them fly away lois you saw them fly away and i like again i like the references to older episodes where clark says you know he's never encountered anybody with the powers that he has unless they've been directly transferred from him that Love was a nice that. little that was a nice little continuity there i like that um and we get the the scene then back with ching and zara where they're discussing how they're going to have to tell kal-el that he's going to have to leave the earth forever and that is that's kind of the boom 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 moment until we get until the big voice drop, and that's drop. Lord Nor. And who How about is Lord that? Nor? Lord Nor, obviously, we will not see on screen for quite a while. But see, it sounds different to me. So I've I've never quite trusted this fact. But it's credited as Simon Templeton, the guy who will play him in season two. Like, does he sound right to you? Oh, I thought he sounded exactly like him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. It sounds a yeah. little more, I don't know, more heightened or um, more like villain fey, more like feminine in a certain way. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was, he hadn't gotten it down yet. He was just doing the voiceover part first. Yeah. And then when he got into the suit and stuff, he maybe changed things a little bit. I, I don't know him from anything. Um, and the, the, the one question that I've always had about Lord Noor is why is he Lord Noor and not General Zod? Why not? Gen- like use it, just do it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you can use Metallo and you can use, you know, um, other villains like, you know, um, prankster and stuff that they have in the comic books. I don't know why they couldn't use. Now, maybe they couldn't. Maybe DC Comics was like, no, you can't use, you can't use um, General Zod. I, I really don't know because there was no real Superman. There was Superman Lives in the works at the time, but he yeah. wasn't going to be in that. 
no uh, zod wasn't going to be in that so i i don't know um that's so funny that, that this sounds right to you so i i guess it's i guess it's we'll go I, I, no i i could be wrong but i i've just i i did i did think that it, it sounded like him but i also i know him <laughs> um look forward to charmed did over the summer folks but like i know him from charmed he played he played death on charmed and oh, it's a good. much it's a much more somber and it's not like he's a villain he's just like i'm I'm death. I'm inevitable, like a kind of performance. Yeah. So maybe I've just never seen him at that, like, oh, you've signed Kalev's death warrant, like that level. Of, yeah, and of I, I really like him. I really like Lord Nor in this. I really I like him in the in the in the rest of the episodes of this arc. I really oh, like him, yeah. and I always forget that they have that voice drop, um, that that kind of audio drop at the end of the episode before the to be continued. And I always, it always makes me smile. I'm always like, oh yeah, Lord Nora's next. This is going to be good, um, because I I really do like the, the new Krypton arc. I do too. You know what? I'm going to stop. I've I've always kind of had my doubts about it, but honestly, you seem very sure. So I'm just going to put my uh, probably prejudgments of the actor. Oh, it's probably aside. going to be terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. And uh, and go with it like that. If if that's what that is, that's solid casting early on and just forethought on their part. That's really cool. Because I, I is it is it season four before we meet him or is he in the next episode? No, it's season four that we meet him. He's again in the next episode well, that, talking that to is, like Robert Daltrey. That, <laughs> that is early casting. That is yeah. early casting. Yeah. But you it's remember. all he's also it's not it's not really a stunt cast. He's a, he's a good character actor, but he's not, you know, going to be huge. So why not, why not nail that down and say like, look, we need you for a day to do some voice on these two episodes. Yeah. And then you're going to get to fly and shit in the next episode. Are you getting season. excited to uh, getting to the episode where you get your new Superman suit? I am. I love the, I love the new Superman suit. <laughs> I do. do you, what, what are your feelings on the black Superman suit? Oh, I like it. I, I, okay. I always, I remember even as a kid, just the only thing I wondered about when I was a kid, because I had started getting the comics, I really got into the Superman comics around the death of Superman okay. back around 93. And then I went back kind of to the John Byrne stuff, kind of the post-crisis mm-hmm. 1985, 1986 stuff. And um, I just wondered why they, why they had the, the S is blue and not silver. Like it yeah, was in the comics. Fair. But the one thing I did notice watching it this time is that the blue that Zara and Ching wear on their arms is the same as Superman's blue, which is yes. the same as the Superman X. So maybe it's some kind of royal blue kind of. Yeah, they all have those like cuffs too. And he's got a bit of the blue on his boot too. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was just kind of for uniformity with that. But I think it looks great. No, I, th- I think it's rad too. I, I For what the show is. It, it looks really cool he looks good in the suit you know like it and they play it they play it enough in those first two episodes yeah. of season four too where when he puts on the colors it's exciting to me like i it can't is. wait to get to that moment it's yeah, one of the is. best moments in the whole series for me when he when, flies when he, in. when he put yeah when he puts on his old suit again because yeah. and, and to be fair i love the lois and clark suit and um, you know i know they they faltered a bit in season one and stuff with the the really low with the really low neck neckline and Dance stuff but, Superman. yeah like i i really they really nailed it by you know the end, by mid-season two or early even early season two uh, yeah it's, it's such a great suit i know dean kind of says I've listened to interviews with him and stuff where he's kind of been what he was saying when he was on the Supergirl set that, uh, you know, he sees the kind of what the suits that, say, Melissa is wearing and stuff now and he wishes he had something like that. But I think his suit is looks great on screen. Yeah, I, I mean, like I get um, I get from an actor's 
point of view, and this is as much as I'd like to sympathize with Team Kane today, um, <laughs> wanting to have the more designed thing. But as a fan, uh, I've talked about it many times. The suit is yeah. just fucking perfect for me. It should be simple. Yeah. It should be easy. It should be as simple as the concept of him is. Have you seen one in real life? Yes, I've um, I've worn one. What? Uh, yeah, I got to model one for a project at my old job. Uh, not Kane, the new job, to a, be a, clear. A Dean Kane worn suit you've worn? Yes, yes. Oh my God. Yes, I've worn one. Um, I am taller than Dean Kane. I am not as well built as Dean Kane, so it fits a little odd, but I've I, you've never seen me smile so big. It's it was that so must exciting. have been such a surreal experience. It was a total thrill. It was it was incredible. Wow. Um, that's, but yeah, that, that, but it's also like mind. the fact that I could look so good in that suit is just a testament to the suit itself, to the design of it. You know, it's it's interesting. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, that really brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, can I ask you a couple questions here? Of course. Alan? Um, was this a good episode for Clark Kent? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. I, I, I really liked the uh, entire dynamic about the house. I know it was really mm-hmm. subtle and it wasn't a huge point of the, well, it was a big enough point in the episode. But I really liked how he dealt with that whole situation. Um, I really liked how he we got to see the kind of home that Clark had dreamed of or would live in in Metropolis if he had his choice. Yes. But how he was able to listen to Lois's concerns, support Lois, and compromise with her. I thought he came across really well in this episode. And who knows? It was not a plan at the time because it was Tim Minear's idea in season four, but I like that the ultimate house that they get, the, the brownstone, is a compromise for them. It's not an yeah. apartment, it's not a standalone home. It is it is perfect for them. Like I always thought it suited nice them as a couple. It, it it it's a Lois and Clark house. It's not a Clark house, it's not a Lois house, it's a Lois and Clark house. I don't like how they get the brownstone or how they find <laughs> the brownstone, but I really do like the brownstone. Yeah, fair. Um, was it a good episode for Miss Lois Lane? Oh, that's a bit tougher. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's not like there's no big. She's got her speech there, but it's just yeah. to kind of voice her opinion or wh- like why she feels that way, and Clark to tell her like, well, okay, that's okay, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say yes. The majority of the episode, she's not doing a lot in the majority of the episode, but I do like, I really do like that scene where we kind of get into her background and her family history. And even though it's, it's only a couple of lines, you really feel for her and you understand why yeah. she's so afraid of the commitment and the permanent, the permanency of settling down and putting roots down and why she feels like that and how anybody who, who came from a background like that, um, you know, alcoholic mother, adulterous father, yeah. um, it's, it's the complete opposite to Martha and Jonathan. Complete mm-hmm. opposite. I, I could completely understand why anybody raised by Martha and Jonathan would want to redo that, that with their own children. Totally. Um, and why anybody with parents like Lois would not want to redo that and do her own thing. Um, so for that, I, I don't think it's a great episode for her, but I definitely think it's 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 more good than bad. I, I agree. There have been better that have yeah. focused on her more, but otherwise it's it's better than the one she wrote for herself, so it's fine. Um was it a good episode for Superman? I'm going to go ahead and cut to fucking, yeah, we saw him in space move a satellite or a space station. Yeah. 
that scene alone that scene alone makes it uh, that's one of the biggest um saves that he does like you said earlier on you know you've got the rocket you've got the space station you've got some these big big feats and this is one of them yeah um, and this one sticks in memory because it's the first time that he's not affected by kryptonite or anything like that and he's like you know i was really worried there for a second i was really i, I for a second i didn't think i was going to do it yeah um, and I, I really enjoyed that he goes to space twice in this episode and then there is just a simple um aesthetic reaction for me when i see him on the street standing in front of the daily planet globe where just all this iconography i've loved since i was a kid is on screen yeah. and moving around and i'm like this yeah this is perfect for me um cool um on a scale from one to ten what are you gonna rate through the glass dark i'm gonna say it's a solid seven okay maybe even an eight Again, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for an eight too. If the rest of it was yeah. as like kind of, you know, for this show, balls to the wall as the opening was, I would I would go even higher. But like the rest of it's cool, and they do the Krypton yeah. stuff. But like I said at the beginning, it's not one of the ones that you're like, oh, I'm going to watch the one where he goes back in time to Smallville, or it's not, you know, yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, the yeah. one where John, where Lex Luthor comes back. But it's a really solid episode, and it's a really good foundation to what I think is a good arc, and probably the best arc in Lois and Clark. Definitely better than the wedding arc. Well um, said. It is. Um... To comment nothing on the rest of the movies, it, it's it's the Force Awakens of starting an arc, right? Where it's just like, this wasn't great, but that was solid, and I know where I can see where we might go, and there'll be yeah. surprises, and good start. Yeah, hundred cool. percent. I, I, yeah, I think I think an eight. I think anything less than eight. Actually, I think I think it was a bit harsh, I, and I'm generally a bit harsh. I think anything less than eight <laughs> would be a bit harsh on it. I think I think a solid solid eight. I agree. I agree. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we're heading into. Big girls don't fly in the next two weeks, gang. And that'll be the end of season three, which just blows my mind. And again, the spark was lit once again by not only doing that podcast with you, dude, but um, you were one of the few people over our long break that we had of like, I really can't wait for you to get back to it. And it, yeah. it, it meant a lot during that time. So thank you. I'm glad you could be here. Well, I have to say season three. Hello, thank you very much for saying that. And I just want to say, like, now that myself and Rob have been doing it ourselves, it's very easy to talk. Um, it's much different when you're actually doing it. You know, it, it's not just a, a matter of sitting down and firing out an episode. It's reading the material. It's watching the material. Um, it's recording. It's editing. It's all. There's so much that goes into it. Um, now, to be fair, Rob does most of the heavy lifting for us. Um, <laughs> and to be so fair, it's a dumb job that you're taking on yourself. So, like, we all are yeah. understanding of that. But yes, you know. But like, like I said, I, I was, I've been a fan of Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman, from for years now, for years. Um, and I've listened to it all. I listened to you and Ryan um, back in the day I, when I used to go for runs and stuff and go to the gym and that. And and it, it's, it's. I, I still pinch myself. It's like when you invited me to come on again tonight. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And I was like, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, sure, I'll be there. I don't care. I'll, I'll do it at five so o'clock much, in the morning. Um, but it's, it's, it's great. And, uh, you know, I, I, every, how many people, I, I've spoken to so many people over the last couple of months who, who, who love the podcast and love listening to it. And, you know, it's, it's an honor to be here. So thank you very much for having me again. I, I, I really don't know what to say to that besides thank you too. <laughs> that, that, um, you know, we've gotten friendly this past year and, and you know, that means a lot to me. So thank you. Um, and then we're only, we're only a 
uh, you know, three quarters of the way through this thing too. So you'll be back. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, what's going on for you outside of Metropolis or more accurately in many other metropolises? In many other metropolises. Um, well, like I said, All-Star Superfan is going great with Rob. We've got some very interesting guests, like we mentioned already, um, yep. already up um, to, to listen to. We've got Oliver Harper and J.M. Demetrius. To, um, the Demetrius too. We didn't talk about that, but that, that was such a great interview. I love his Justice League International. Yeah, Rob's a huge fan of Just League International. I love his speeding bullets and the fact that he was a writer on... Right, right. Yeah, I, I love the fact that he was a writer on um, Justice League Unlimited and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's such a great... I mean, this is the guy who wrote Craven's Last Hunt, the Spider-Man story, yeah. which is arguably the greatest Spider-Man story ever written. Um, so again, sitting down talking to this guy, I'm like, how is this happening? It was it was insane. Um, and we've got some other guests that we've, that we've booked. We've got a... Uh, a major, a major actor from the Superman, uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies coming on shortly. That hasn't been released yet. But I know we who it with is. Him. <laughs> uh, that was very surreal. Uh, yeah, that's that, cool. that was fantastic. I can't wait for people to listen to that one. Um, we've got a, a major comic book writer coming on. Uh, we're recording with them next week. That again, I can't believe is coming on the podcast um, and some some other fans as well. So we're, yeah, and then we're... you slum it with me every once in a while. Great. I can't <laughs> and wait. You and uh, we have to get Zach on as well. We have to get Zach on as well. So, um, but yeah, it's it's look, it's been a dream. I've I'm loving every minute of it, and 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 it's it's just been it's just been great, and the support has been great, and Rob has been great, and you guys have been great. So <laughs> I just really hope that everybody listens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because yeah, we're please. really enjoying we're really enjoying doing it. Um, and other than that, living life. Cool. Cool, man. Uh, well, as for me, you've you've found the podcast. Um, I do uh, always hold on to The Flash with a friend of the show, Zach Moore, on his uh, always hold on to Smallville Patreon once a month, which we're having a great time with. Um, and I got to do something for the day job at the Warner Brothers Archive recently. I was uh, with uh, longtime DC host of everything, Tiffany Smith, can't in, believe uh, I saw it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was an amazing time. Uh, in the archive unboxed, uh, we, we did a Halloween special for some horror so and horror DC uh, props. Uh, so please, everybody, take a look at that on YouTube. Like and subscribe and all those things. And hopefully we'll get to do more at some point. Um, but that was, that was a huge thrill recently. So yeah, please check that out. Um, and otherwise... Come back in two weeks for the end of season three. I cannot believe it's been a long time <laughs> since I've ended a season of a podcast, you know, so it feels really good. Um, but in the meantime, thank you again, Ellen, for joining me. Um, please, I can't wait to hear what you guys have next. I don't know this. I don't think I know this writer that you're talking about. That's I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you off mic. Awesome. Good. <laughs> I, I, I um, tell everybody. I can't keep a secret. I would tell you. I know. Everybody. It's I, Rob honestly would kill it's me. awesome. I get very excited. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, like I said, I, I can't wait to hear our episode too because it was months ago, so I don't I remember. So, see, we 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 made a little bit of a mistake at the start where we recorded a lot of episodes, and then we kept recording, and then the earlier episodes it was taking us so long to get back to the air. Like we released an episode, <laughs> the last episode we released is uh, "Menace from the Stars," where we covered the um, "Menace from the Stars" comic from the fifties, and then we covered the George Reeves live action version, the Superboy yep. live action version, and the Lois and Clark live action version. That was the first episode we ever recorded. Like, oh my god! Pushing, oh, that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> and we kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back, and then eventually we're like, we're gonna, we have to release it. So we, we gotta put those out. So, huh? Yeah. So you're 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 coming very soon, Matt. Cool. I promise. <laughs> well, looking forward to it. Um, but in the meantime, 
I've been Matt Truex. I'm Alan Burke. Fuck off, everybody. Beat me to it. <laughs> You're not getting my fuck off. I know. Like- <laughs>